Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy's joining us from Johannesburg today with the story of the pig that grew and grew and grew some more. Really gruesome story, this one, Wendy. Uh, Looking forward to hearing it. We've already got a voice note from someone who's been through it themselves, which I'll share with you in just a moment. But uh, always lovely to have you on the show, even if it must be from the other side of the country. Yes, sorry about that. I hope the sound is okay. Not as ideal as being in studio, but uh, yeah, what can we do? Touch wood, sounding um, so loud yes. and clear. Yeah. Wendy, um, sorry, just to say firstly, um, we've already got a voice note into to 0725671567. And uh, if listeners want to call in and comment about their own experiences of this, the number to dial is 0214460567. I hope we'll have time for some open line calls at the end as well. Wendy, just before we talk about the pigs, uh, before we get all as it were. Uh, we have some gratifying yeah. feedback from last week's case study of, of Gat, the retired professor who fought so hard and finally won his crusade to challenge the city on his home's overvaluation. We've got a very nice update on that story. Yes, happily. So listeners will remember that after fighting for more than two years, Gat finally won his appeal. He said he'd be credited, though, for his two years' worth of overpayment of rates. And he wanted to know, why can't he just get the refund that he'd asked for? And also, importantly, as the figure was uh, fairly sizable, why weren't they paying him interest? He told us he felt like he'd been unwillingly given... Uh, He'd unwillingly given the city a nice big fat loan. So on air, we promised to follow up. Um, In fact, I already did, but it was uh, very shortly before we went on air. And... um, Asked those questions and very happy to report that on Friday morning already last week, um, Gat let us know that both his refund and the interest uh, payment had been paid into his bank account. So case closed at long last. Fantastic. Quite a ni- good to know that that does happen. You clearly have to push and ask for it. It doesn't happen automatically. But as I said on air, I'm pretty sure at the time, I don't see how they could justify under the circumstances Absolutely. insisting that it be a credit as opposed to actual refund in his bank account. And just to add to that, that if anybody else is due a refund like that and has asked for interest and been told you can't have it, there is a nice precedent set here that is worth arguing. Yes. So uh, please do take that uh, under consideration if you're in the same the same boat. And Gad, thank you for so much for keeping in touch with us about the progress on that case and enjoy spending your money now that it's back in your bank account. <laughs> okay. I have to say, Pippa, I've had yeah. at least three other emails oh, from um, Cape Town homeowners with exactly the same complaint and long um, accounts of their struggles. So it's one that we're going to have to revisit in future. But but for well, that, at least, his story is now ended. Thank goodness. And just in time for the next round of valuations to start as yes. well. Okay. Now, Wendy, today's case is something quite different for us. It's a look at a particular element within the pet sales industry, which it seems needs its stables turned out a little bit. We're talking about pigs today. Yeah, we are. Um, and pigs as pets specifically. So they are incredibly cute and highly intelligent. Um, So why not have them as pets? What could possibly go wrong? Well, as I've recently discovered quite a lot, mainly because while the breeders may call them mini or teacup or teeny tiny, they mostly grow to be anything but within three to five years, which is when they're fully grown. They're also um, highly intolerant of any form of change, even as slight as changing their bedding. They can be highly aggressive. They're not all that compatible with dogs. 
and sometimes not with children either. And as I heard from one woman who lives in KZN and had one of these pigs that grew to be extremely large, it's really difficult to find a vet who'll take on your pig because it's not they don't learn about pigs apparently at Ornestaport. Um, those that are doing uh, urban yeah, vets, veterinary urban, medicine, urban, yeah. urban vets, yes. So um, as a result, for many owners, the appeal of that cute little babe-like piggy evaporates over time and not all that long, and they surrender them to a shelter, and that then becomes the shelter's problem, especially when you consider that quite a few people you know, do that. Yeah, and we're going to talk to a shelter as well as one of the suppliers of the so-called teeny tiny pigs, but just two things. Uh, firstly, from personal experience, Wendy, I've got a friend in Neisner who's got two fully grown pigs and they are absolutely right. delightful <laughs> animals. They are smart and affectionate and they're actually good watchdogs, watch pigs. She loves them dearly, <laughs> but let me tell you that they are enormous and the amount of produce that goes into one end and out the other end for the sake of being discreet is shall we say substantial it is not a a pet to be taken on lightly on a whim because you think it is cute and i think this first voice note already in is is going to vouch for that as well let's take a listen we um we didn't buy we got foisted on us uh, someone who had bought what they thought was a miniature pig um, and turned out to not be wanted anymore and we took it over and when he arrived he was the cutest tiniest little pig you ever did see he was like a tiny little kitty um, and yeah by the time we eventually had to say goodbye to him he was a large hog who was larger than the smallest member of our family um, he's living very happily on a farm just outside Stellenbosch it's not a euphemism but boy oh boy those pets get enormous and Interestingly, I spoke to a farmer the one day who said, yes, that is a small pig, <laughs> the size. You haven't seen what a big pig looks like. Anyway, just an anecdote on that. Thanks, Gillian. Okay, that's, uh, that, that illustrates very well what we're talking about t- uh, today, Wendy, because uh, she's really summed up so many of the issues we are going to be covering. And in a little bit from now, we're going to be chatting to somebody who is on the receiving end of so much of this problem, Shelley Dryman, who is uh, from a, a pig sanctuary called Pig and Paws in Cullinan. Um, and uh, she's, she's really raised this issue with us. Uh, and uh, flagged a particular supplier of the piglets. We're just struggling to get through on Shelley's number. We'll hopefully have her in a minute or two, but let me just uh, summarize for now what she said to us in the initial contact, Wendy, that she said there are people out there who are breeding and selling pigs as pets who are often grossly misleading the buyers about what size that cute little piglet is actually going to be when it grows up. Um, Carmen Fosler of Teeny Tiny Pigs based here in Cape Town being one of the suppliers that she mentioned and she flagged the fact that that business claims that the pigs will remain a manageable size of no more than 30 kilograms and no more than 45 centimeters in length when they are fully grown at 18 months. That is what is advertised to buyers. And Shelley pointed out to us... I think 45 centimetres, sorry, yeah, is the in, in uh, height. height. In height, yeah. Yes. So 30 kilograms yes. in weight, 45 centimetres in height when fully grown at 18 months. As we've already heard, uh, fully grown only happens much, much later than that, three to five years or even six years uh, for them to reach their full height and breadth and weight. And uh, Carmen's pointed out that a number of the pigs that have been sold as so-called teeny tiny pigs ended up being being 100 kilograms plus. Wendy, you heard from one of those owners who found this out the hard way, didn't you? 
Exactly. Um, I alluded to her earlier. Bronwyn van der Merwe, she lives in KZN. She um, bought a pig in 2012, so some time ago now, when he was just five weeks old, from Teeny Tiny Pigs. Um, the pig was flown to her when uh, he was just five weeks old. He grew to 150 kilograms, became very aggressive in his later years. He was wounding people with his tusks, including Bronwyn herself. Um, and then he became, at the age of eight, he became severely depressed. And finally, um, she was forced to have him euthanized. That was just a couple of months ago. No Durban vet would help her. She said after two weeks of hearing suggestions such as shooting my pet and feeding his bodies to the lions Oy. in the lion park, I finally found a wildlife vet in Hilton. Um, he had to dart like he was wildlife and then euthanism. Five adult men carried his body to the vehicle and the vet kindly took him to get cremated at a pet, pet crematorium. Again, there is nothing like this for pigs. So they were extremely kind to take my pig. She said the eight years with Oink were a roller coaster. He was a very special boy. He stole my heart. Would I do it again? No, never. How can a breeder sell animals as a teacup or mini and know that they will exceed this and it will be very difficult to find help. In KZN, it's almost impossible to find a vet that will work on a pig. What would have happened if Wink got injured and needed urgent veterinary care due to his size and his aggression? I couldn't put him in a car, but if I could, where would I have taken him? So that's an extreme example of of what can go wrong with a very small uh, piglet that grows up to be extremely large with um, behavioural issues. Okay, we, we're just struggling to establish our line to Shelley. So what I'm going to suggest, Wendy, is let's take a short ad break and go to the news and hopefully in the in the interim we can get hold of uh, Shelley to continue the conversation about what she sees at the other end of the line when those pigs that are abandoned or surrendered by their owners because they've got so unexpectedly big end up in her pig sanctuary if they're lucky. Uh, so we'll come back to continue the conversation just to say if you have had personal experience of this issue that you'd like to share with us as that previous listener did in their voice voice note the number to use is 0725671567 you're also very welcome to call in on 0214460567 Cape Talk Consumer Talk email Wendy on consumer at nola.co.za Right, so here's where we are. We have managed to establish our line to the guest who is going to be joining us. And what we'll do is bring her in immediately after the uh, 1.230 News headlines to chat to us about her experience. Her name is Shelley Dryman and she runs a pig sanctuary called Pigs and Paws, which is located in Cullinan. And Shelley really sees the other side of this industry because the pigs that are sold on to unsuspecting buyers who think they are getting a teeny tiny piglet that will stay cute and small in their household forever realize that they have literally got more than they bargained for and unfortunately many end up surrendering or abandoning those pigs which is when they end up with Shelley if they are lucky so after the break for the news we will chat to Shelley about what she sees and about what is going wrong that this practice continues to prevail of selling the animals under what is effectively false pretenses so just to recap I've got several people asking about the different terminology that is being used the term teacup pig is it's a marketing term, Wendy. It's it's not an actual breed of pig. We're referring here to to yes. they the, they marketed as such, but it's actually just uh, people selling off what they claim are smaller breeds of pigs that are really not smaller as small pigs. as they claim. 
Yes, and the breeder that, that we've engaged with um, this week acknowledges that, I must say. She, she says there is no such breed. It's just the, um, terms that refer to the size. Okay. So, so yeah, but it, I think a lot of consumers get the idea that um, these are a special type of sort of dwarf pigs, for want of a better word, that won't um, grow to the size that we norm- normally think of when we think of pigs. But that is not the case. Okay, thanks for and that. And we'll get clarity. into the yeah. into the size issue after the news. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. Right, so let's get straight to the conversation with Shelley Dryman, who is a representative of Pigs and Paws, a pig sanctuary located in Cullinan. Uh, Shelley, thank you so much for joining us on the line to be part of this conversation today. And welcome to the show. Thank you, Pippa. Thank you. Sorry, there was, a, I think, a little mistake with the number earlier. So no worries. We, we've got you now, and uh, that's what counts. Uh, besides uh, your involvement at the Sanctuary, I should also mention that Shelley also runs Home to Home Piggy Adoptions, which uh, is a Facebook page people can join if they are keen to adopt a pig or to rehome if they need to rehome their own pigs. And, and Shelley, the first question I want to ask is, what what the percentage of traffic is in both directions? Do you see more people saying, I'm wanting a pig to adopt, or do you see more people saying, I've got one I can't manage, I need to find a new home for it? Yeah, unfortunately, um, I would say almost on a monthly basis, we're looking at between 5 and 10 um, people giving up uh, their pigs. And um, usually no more than maybe two to three people willing to take them on and to adopt them. So we land up obviously with plenty as sanctuaries. There are also sanctuaries in Cape Town um, or in the Cape, which is Grayton. And then obviously pigs and paws. And we have a couple of people that foster as well. So, yeah, that's um, that's the unfortunate statistic. Okay. Uh, one of our local sanctuaries, in fact, has called into the show. And, Joanne, thanks. For, if you can just hold for a while while we speak to Shelley, I'll gladly put you on after her. Uh, uh, Shelley, let's talk about the reasons people are giving for wanting to surrender their, their pet pigs. What, what do they say? Well, uh, the biggest reason is definitely size. Um, also, because many of the pigs are being sold to people living in um, either apartments or complexes. Um, and obviously, it's not an ideal pet for that uh, environment. And then you have people, the neighbors, complaining and phoning the SPCAs and things like that. Um, so that's the one reason. Um, you know, like I say, size-wise, they um, and then they obviously do ruin people's gardens. I mean, that's the nature of a pig is to root. And so, if you enjoy your green grass, etc., then you can kiss that goodbye. And the other big thing is aggression. Um, Many pigs get taken away from their mothers too soon. Anything before 10 weeks, I would consider too early. And, um, you know, that's, uh, the mother is there to teach uh, decent behavior and to give the, the babies manners, etc. So if you take them away too soon, they definitely do grow up becoming aggressive. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'd say aggress- uh, aggression is one of the big ones. And then, yes, of course, size is, is a problem. Shelley, is there also a bylaw issue? Because Danny in Stellenbosch has just made a very good point on the WhatsApp. He says, for example, the city of Chuane will allow pigs in residential areas, but bylaws tend to be very specific about pig styes, one which stipulates that styes must be 100 metres or more from any building housing people, for example. And his comment is, yes. I assume city of Cape Town would have similar bylaws. So how can people even be allowed to keep a pig as a pet in an urban area? In generally, uh, generally they're not. So, um, yeah, the municipalities don't allow hoofed animals, 
um, in uh, in residential suburban areas. And um, the breeders know this, although, of course, it's not their problem once they've sold the piglet. Um, so, I mean, we have had one or two members out of hundreds that have managed to get permits from the municipalities. Um, but, I mean, it's really few and far between. So it's, it's not something that is actually allowed. Okay. Wendy, do you want to jump in at this point? Yes, Shelley, you told me off air about a particularly tragic case of a, a pet pig situation went going horribly wrong, a case that yes. you were involved in just this past Sunday. Would you mind hmm. sharing that with our listeners? Yeah, so that was shame. Uh, uh, a young mother who has a, a three-year-old um, son who is brain damaged. She was convinced by a breeder that um, you know a pig would be a, an incredible companion for her son, who cannot crawl, cannot walk, and literally cannot you know he can't do much. So, um, so the mom saved up three and a half thousand rand, bought this little four-week-old piglet from the breeder, and brought it home. And of course, as is what is often the case, um, the little one has um, become aggressive, the, the piglet. And um, she sent me photos of her son with uh, bruises on his face and that from where the piglet has bitten him. Um, you know, and I can't blame the piglet either. You know, in that kind of situation, it just that kind of thing should not be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they are not ideal pets and they are certainly not ideal pets for children. Um, they are very specialized animals because they, they are highly intelligent. Um, you know, so they are specialized and they require specialized care. Okay, Shelley, somebody asking a, a fair question on the WhatsApp line or making some comments here that pigs as pets can be delightful, but one really needs to do your homework is the comment. They need love and attention and a lot of discipline. They will give back more. Perspective is important as a small pig would be the same size as a medium dog, still tiny compared to some other breeds of fully grown pigs. This is made clear by reputable breeders, but I don't think a breeder can be held accountable for owners not doing their homework work or following through with that decision. Would you like to respond to that comment? Like, certainly, I, I, I absolutely get the point that person is making that if you mm. are going to be um, taking mm-hmm. on any kind of pet for that matter, you, the onus is absolutely on you to do your homework and make sure that you have enough space for it, that you have the time to allocate exercise that it needs, that you can afford its veterinary care and the diet that it needs to follow. Absolutely, that that is a responsibility that any decent pet owner should shoulder for any kind of pet. But what what about the comment that the breeder can't be held accountable? Shelley, you've really sounded a red flag to us that there are too many breeders who are not playing open cards about what size those animals will actually end up being. Yes. Um, yeah, so to, I mean, I agree. Uh, of course, to any whether you're buying a, breed, a specific breed of dog or, or a cat or whatever it may be, you definitely have to do your homework. Um, so that is something that's the responsibility of the buyer. I still don't think that it's necessary or ethical for breeders to be lying or misleading people in terms of uh, size, um, aggression. I mean, no breeder is going to tell you that their pigs can become aggressive. And the truth is, most do. And yes, I I mean, I have three pigs myself, so I agree. And I love them. And they are delightful. Um, But I don't think it's always the case. I think I've been incredibly lucky. Uh, you know, um, I don't know if, if Bronwyn was on earlier or not, but um, Bronwyn had story, a pig. Yeah. Yes. 
So, I mean, Bronwyn was probably the best pig mother you could ever come across, and she did everything for Oink, and yet he still became one of the most incredibly aggressive uh, animals you could have in your home. Um, and just I want to give some perspective. You know, a, a grown male Rottweiler weighs approximately 50 kgs. Most of these supposed teeny tiny mini pigs, etc., land up being over 100 kgs, just to put some perspective onto that. So a, a mini pig is a classification, basically, of almost any type of pig that is not a farm pig. So that means that they can be anything from around 70 kgs up to 200 kgs. And believe me, when you find yourself uh, with a, f- a 150 kg pig, you know, it's, it's quite a, a serious thing, especially if it's an aggressive pig. But yes, you can get amazing stories. There are, I do know people who have pigs that are very happy with their pigs. But I also know a lot of the other side, which is why we land up with so many full sanctuaries and, you know, so many re- uh, requests to rehome. Shelley, at this point, I'm going to bring in Joanne, who's called us from Frontshook in response to hearing this conversation on air. Joanne, I believe you run a sanctuary in, in Frontshook as well. Good afternoon. Yes. Hi, Papa. Yes, um, I run Farm Sanctuary SA. It's a, it's a, um, it's a sanctuary and a registered NPO in Frontshook, and it's really to inspire compassion for farmed animals. And we do have a number of pigs at our sanctuary. So I know what it's like to look after a pig. <laughs> and Joanne, I, I, I mean, are you nodding your head listening to what Shelley is saying about people being misled into buying them, thinking that they're getting one thing when really it's going to be something very different? Yeah, everything that Shelley is saying is absolutely spot on. And I can tell you that if I took in everybody that called in looking to rehome their pig, which hasn't quite worked out, I would probably have, I don't know, 5,000 pigs by now. So we don't actually mm. take those, um, we don't actually take those pigs in, but it's so frustrating for us in the welfare movement to con- constantly get these phone calls. Cause the bottom line is, I-, I have to say it, the breeders are still reproducing animals for profit. So they will say whatever they can to get someone to, to pay for that animal, whether it's a dog or a pig or whatever it is. And unfortunately, in a pig situation, it's very difficult to accommodate the needs of a pig. Pigs are fantastic animals. I have so much respect for one. I have Picasso. She's a famous famous artist. (laughs) Yeah, she's amazing. And they are very smart and intelligent, but they're not domesticated in the sense of, of what we're used to in a dog. And they just have completely different needs and a different, they need different environments, very demanding. Um, and so I would always say that if you're looking for companionship, there are thousands of dogs sitting in shelters going to adopt a dog. A pig doesn't really belong in a home and it's very, very challenging to uh, look after a pig. And when it doesn't work out, unfortunately, they have to get dumped or given away or given to the SBCA or wherever it is. And it's actually the pig that loses loses its life on the end or its home or its environment, you know. So so I think the point is, you know, if you want a great companion animal, a dog's obviously the best one, go and adopt one and, and try always to adopt and not support the breeders who are creating and exacerbating half, half these problems. 
Joanne, thank you so much for that call. Joanne in Frunchuk, the director of Farm Sanctuary SA in Frunchuk. And I know many of you will have seen the famous artist Pig Picasso at work, one of their famous residents. So we are talking to both Wendy Nola and to Shelley Dryman, who is a representative at the Pigs and Paws uh, Sanctuary in Cullinan, which unfortunately receives so many of the pigs that have been surrendered by people who got more than they bargained for. Wendy, important to, to, to reflect the response. Uh, we, we shared Bronwyn's story at the start of the show of having bought oink, being told that oink was not going to grow higher than 45 centimetres and weigh more than 30 kilograms, only to find that she ended up with something very, very different, a pig of 150 kilograms who was incredibly aggressive. Um, uh, We mentioned the name of the company she bought from, so in fairness, we must share their response. Teeny Tiny Pigs is the name of the business. You reached out to the owner, Carmen Fossler, uh, for a response. Uh, She didn't take us up on the invitation to join us on air, but she sent a written one, didn't she? She did. Um, I asked her again this morning and she said she's terrified of public speaking. Doesn't go well for her. She's given me a full response. She did say that she didn't feel she was given enough time to answer all the allegations and that my um, th- that while I we might regard ourselves as objective, our sources are not. Well, we've had a few other people that we didn't speak to have since phoned in and corroborated what um, Sherry has said. But um, with have, that said, uh, she there's a lot to go through, and I want to do it as much justice as as possible. Um, she one of the allegations was that she um, only reason that she you know that the pigs can stay really small is by um, recommending that they not be fed as you know as well as they ought to be fed, and she denies that. Um, she says. Um, that, uh, sorry, I was just, uh, she said she started Teeny Tiny Pigs 10 years ago after watching a documentary on teacup pigs, and she tried to find one in South Africa. Uh, the first pig I bought was, in fact, a normal Landras farm pig sold under the pretense of being a teacup pig. Needless to say, he grew to many times the size I was hoping for, but that led her to investigate something more suitable. She said she found animals uh, with suitable genetic traits, smaller when fully grown, but not necessarily the runt of the litter, because she had said that um, r- one runt of one litter is bred with another runt to try and keep them small. She said um, there's no inbreeding. The pigs are kept in a suitable and clean environment, um, and it's safe and large enough for, for to have a number of them. They are fed a healthy diet um, and not bred with underage pigs. That was one of the... Um, uh, allegations that um, she, she can she can say, look, these are the parents, but the par- the parents themselves are are very young pigs and therefore small. Mm-hmm. Um, she says um, she strongly encourages all own prospective owners to visit the farm before purchasing, and that way they'll get a more realistic expectation of size. Um, she says, we maintain that a healthy pig from our breeding program would grow to a height of approximately 45 centimeters at the shoulder and approximately 30 kgs. But just as with other pets, and this is the crux, Pippa, it would be difficult to give an exact weight, she said, and height for each pig um, because the general result is, um, you know, it varies. And her main response is that, um, to summarize, is that people are overfeeding them um, and feeding them every time they squeal and um, and that way making them obese um, and that pigs can be very manipulative in that way. 
Um, and so that's in, in a nutshell. I, I don't know if we if, if we should ask uh, Shelley to. Well, respond I'd like Shelley to respond system. specifically to that implication that that it's the owner's fault for for overfeeding them and allowing them to become bigger than than nature mm-hmm. intended them to be. Shelley, what what would you say in response to that? Look, obviously there are uh, people who do overfeed their pigs. I mean, it, it does exist, and um, and so in that case, yes. But to to assume that each, you know, every person who has landed up with a a pig that has surpassed the size of what teeny tiny pigs uh, says is, you know, what will come out of their um, their business, uh, to assume that each one of them has overfed their pig, I think, is is unreasonable. Um, if you overfeed a pig, it's not going to grow in height. It's going to grow in weight and size. It's going to land up with a, a pot belly that really is exactly that, a pot belly sort of on the ground, etc. But it's not going to grow in size. And almost all the pigs that I have seen that have come from um, TTP have basically been way more than 45 centimeters at shoulder height. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, to say that like a human being who eats like a, a pig, excuse me for saying, but um, eats a lot, becomes obese, I mean, yes, they're going to get rounder, but, you know, to say that they are then also going to grow in height is just totally unreasonable. Um, and, I mean, I just want to also put into perspective that it is an incredibly lucrative business. So if you think that most pigs can have between 8 and 10 piglets per litter and you're charging 3,500 rand per pig or piglet, you know, it's a very lucrative business. So I personally just think that the breeders will, um, you know, defend what um, what we are saying and the allegations. Okay. Um, in fairness, uh, Wendy, uh, uh, Carmen did say to you she welcomes people to come and visit the farm and she would encourage them to come and visit the farm to see the difference between the piglets and, and the adults for themselves. And what uh, somebody listening to this has WhatsApped us to say that they did exactly that. They went out to the farm to see for themselves what the difference would be. Obviously, that's ideal if you're in Cape Town and can get there to take a look. But there yeah. are buyers buying from all over the country here who need to be able to rely on accurate uh, accurate information if, if they're buying via a website, for example. Exactly. You're not going to, you're not generally going to do that. The animal is going to be flown to you. And that's really not an ideal situation, you know, for whatever pet you're buying, you know, a dog or whatever. It's, it's you know, it's, it's not ideal. You need to, you know, um, see the parents and see the breeding situation ideally and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there are, I just need to get through a few more of, of Carmen's responses. Yeah. She says, um, I've actively engaged with various rescue organizations to encourage them to have owners contact me first where I could try to assist rehoming their unwanted pets. But sadly, I found that owners will mostly go directly to a rescue or shelter before contacting me as they may feel embarrassed for wanting to rehome their pig. I have engaged with the shelter that indicated they have pigs from us, asking how we could work together to educate potential owners and making more educated decisions and to ask them to directly contact me instead of this shelter. This can be substantiated. We've even created a Facebook support group, Miniature Pigs in South Africa, and made Shelley uh, Dryman an admin on this group in an effort to work closer with shelters and provide pig owners with an additional level of support. Um, Let me just ask, Shelley, are you still active on that Facebook page? Uh, I'm pretty much the only one who's active on that page, yes. So, um, the 
Carmen, who did start it, I think, about three years ago, uh, hasn't uh, said much on there for the three years that it's been um, around. Um, I do a hell of a lot of education and, um, yeah, I mean, I post a lot of things on there almost daily. So, so yes, I am still active on it. Okay. Wendy, anything else uh, from Carmen's response that you, you want to share with us? She... She said she was offered to have two of her animals microchip tagged or identified by their spots and tracked over an extended period of time to prove that we do not try and deceive potential uh, pig owners. Um, she says she's got testimonials from several, five uh, tiny, tiny pig owners. Um, oh, sorry, that was Shelley. Um I just wanted to say, sorry, she sent me several emails and I, I was putting them together shortly before we came on air. Um, Can I just yeah, pick up here? I, I think, think one we, of the most pertinent sure. comments that she made goes back to the point that was made in that earlier WhatsApp saying, from my point of view, the buck is being passed to me as That's the owners right. do not yes. take responsibility for the decision they made in taking on a pig as a pet or caring for them in a responsible way. I do my utmost to educate potential owners on both the pros and cons of owning a pig, and I will gladly pass on contact details of happy pet pig owners. Um, th- th- those hadn't arrived by the time we came to, to air, though. I, I haven't seen any. Okay. She also said just recently we about the permit issue. She says yes. we have been successful in obtaining permits for hooved animals from the city of Cape Town and would be happy to put you in touch with some of the individuals. So that's something we're going to have to follow up on. Um, I'll certainly do so independently through the city's uh, media de- department, who we deal with often. So that's a, it's quite a very important issue, I think, okay. <laughs> a starting yeah. point, but whether whether it's allowed or not. Um, can, can I, I mean, yeah. as Claire has just commented on the email, Claire's just watched a whole documentary on the concept of the teapug, tea, teacup pig, and she said that that film made the same point that we made at the start of the conversation, that there is no such thing as a small pig that stays small. And I think it's really important small. to come back to that. Shelley, maybe you'd like to make a, f- a final comment on this, that the concept of the teacup pig, the miniature pig, is is a marketing term and it's not a specific breed of pig that stays at little piglet babe size for life. That's the really important thing we need people to understand from this today, isn't it? It is the most important thing. You know, uh, there is no such thing, micro, mini, teacup, you can call it a teeny tiny whatever. Um, You know, the point, uh, the the name of the company, teeny tiny, for me, just already uh, is false advertising. But that's besides the point. The point is, no, they do not exist. You I can tell you now, you will be very hard-pressed to find a pig that has been purchased, uh, certainly in South Africa, that is smaller than 70 to 100 kgs. And that is not a small pig. So, you know, and and to be selling them to people in complexes as companion animals and that, you you cannot keep something that size in an apartment or a complex. It's just not, um, it's just not feasible. Uh, I, I do want to just mention, if you don't mind, the municipality, you know, the, the permits. Um, I mean, maybe the city of Joburg uh, is a little bit more forward. Th- I mean, sorry, Cape Town is a bit more forward thinking. But I can tell you definitely that most other places like in KZN and um, Gauteng and that you are definitely not able to get permits to keep uh, hoofed animals within your suburban area.
Shelley Dryman, thank you so much for joining us today, representative at the Pigs and Paws Sanctuary in Cullinan. Wendy, we have to wrap up with one eye on the clock. Uh, I mean, the takeaway is do your homework and don't be be, be fooled or, or misled by a name that suggests one thing. Uh, don't take it on faith. You, like, like any responsible exactly. pet owner did, should, uh, should do, you need to do your homework. As with buying any any product, uh, Pippa, it's just so much more heartbreaking and so much yeah. more emotion invested when it's it's a living, breathing animal. But in a few of the people who shared their really awful stories with me did uh, admit that they hadn't done their homework. Yeah. So just a cautionary tale again about that. Don't go into anything without spending a good time Googling away and informing yourself. Thank you for that. And as a reminder, it's not only pigs. Uh, somebody just WhatsApp me to say this miniature term is also being used for many small dogs. Puppies. Breeders advertising mm. so-called teacup Yorkies when in fact there is no such thing. So really, it pays to do your homework because it is the long-term well-being of another living sentient creature that you've got to keep in mind here. It's not just the purchase of a pair of shoes that you can put aside if they don't fit the right way. Uh, Wendy, thanks for raising uh, raising the issue and helping to build the awareness out there. We'll chat again next week. Will do, Pippa. Thanks. Wendy Nola, our consumer journalist. Remember, if you want to raise a case with her, the email address to use is consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R.